Welcome to Rants About Humanity, a podcast where we interview guest experts with passionate opinions about important topics that don't get enough attention. Raw, unfiltered, thought-provoking perspectives with no censorship. With your host, Philip Van Houta. Welcome everyone to the Rants About Humanity podcast. Today I have Arno von Massenhove as a guest. Arno, known as It's Arno VNM, is a young thought leader and change maker. He's known by his Freedom Academy and serving from the heart. His company slogan is also the mission he shares with the world, power for the people in need, which he does by giving them the power to succeed. Time to talk about creating our own paradigms and maintaining the responsibility to do so. Welcome on the podcast. Normally, I start with a question, but what I'm most curious about, I always plan my podcast in advance. What are some questions that you've been asking yourself or been pondering about during these last days? During these last days, you mean like first, before I start, thank you for having me on this yeah. podcast. It's amazing. So when, when we talk about questions during the last days, you mean like in terms of having an impact of in terms of... Well, like- I, I'm having this podcast with you at the moment that we're in the beginning of November and we know we're going to have some darker months and measures again are being imposed and... Just you as a guy who is 24, you, you build up a nice business online with all the plans that you have. What has been going on through your head the last days or weeks? Okay, thanks, man. Makes it clear. So what I have been going through is a giant, giant, giant pendulum, as we know. So basically, this entire time has been going through my head. It has been taking me, grabbing me by the knee, by the balls, by everything. (laughs) It's crazy. So if I talk in terms of like COVID-19, and if I talk in terms of what has been going on, I have been thinking at a certain point, like, why am I doing this? Like, Mm -hmm. why am I making the world a better place while they are enforcing bullshit rules and measurements like what is the fact of money if they actually want to have a digital euro and they want to filter me out at some point because i have different decisions than someone else so i have been going through this entire spiritual and mental roller coaster which i shared with you and thank thank yeah you, you told me about it because your yeah. academy is called the freedom academy and i think exactly. we had a talk before that you said like okay i'm, I'm doing really well in business i'm investing really yeah. well but my Academy is called the Freedom Academy. And, and, and what can I do with all this money if all my freedoms are limited? Yeah. It's like, you know, having luxury in a prison. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I have very strong principles because for me, this is not a business. It's actually a lifestyle because I was never a very good employee. I was always the boss, biggest nightmare. I was the guy that said, like, when I start a business, it's not going to be for money. It's going to be for the lifestyle of other mm-hmm. people. Like literally a few nights ago, I woke up midnight. And it was so crazy to hear that from my girlfriend, but she said, I was talking in my sleep and I said, that's against my principles. And then I closed my eyes again and I was sleeping and that was like, wow. So that made me know that principles are a very important thing in my life. And if we talk about creating an impact as a change maker and as a thought leader, I think that this impact is basically giving me the differentiation from everybody else because everybody is very comfortable Everybody is just allowing those bullshit things. Their human rights are being completely destroyed. And they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what? You can, you can just do that. And in my terms, it's like, no, I'm not just running this business. I'm doing this for the people. And I see that people do have zero opportunities when 
maybe that's a bit too harsh, but you know, like their opportunities are going down. People are not that mentally strong and stuff. So I, I see that there's a lot of people going through a lot of shit in their lives right now. And that's, it's hard. It's really yeah. hard. I think this is an interesting topic because a lot of people, my listeners also rebel with the cause. They want to create freedom, but we also had a talk about, I know you had a plan like, Hey, let's maybe go to Portugal, to Spain and live the lifestyle there. But that's kind of like a tension between you. Like, Hey, what about leaving my country, leaving my loved ones? Where is yeah. there still security? Can you actually escape it? Like which country is safe right now? But yeah. you know, you don't know if that will be the safe country to go to. So I don't know if yeah. that is a solution. Is this also a conversation you had with yourself? Definitely, yes. Like I, I just want to clarify that my view in this podcast is is not going to be a one on one on one how to be how to have a happy life blueprint mm -hmm. or something. So, mm -hmm. but talking from my own perspective and experience, I have had this, and it's very hard to face it. It's very hard to face that you're just going through this on your own, and and you're, yeah. Sometimes the hope is 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 actually gone. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's hard. So, but to come back to your question, actually, I was thinking about a few things I was about to say, and mm -hmm. I was totally not aware of what you asked. So I would like to come back oh, to that uh, one. Uh, the question was just like, I know you had plans of, and I also had plans of like, let's go to a Southern country, live yeah, there, right, live right, the lifestyle, right. be free, you know, explore, you know, finally yeah. enjoy everything that I built. But then suddenly, bam, everything is uncertain. And it's like, hey, yeah. Can I go to a country? Can I then still visit my parents? What will be yeah. limited here? Like, where do I find security? Where do I find freedom? Suddenly, also for me, that shifted completely. It's a roller coaster, man. Because one day, one day I was like, yeah, I love Belgium. We're going to get a lifestyle here. Mm -hmm. I was about to go to a real estate con uh, company, sign a contract for one year, rent an entire year here. And then I was looking around me and I was like, hmm, shit, people over here. And then like... What, what, what really learned a lot about my behavior and my view on this thing is that escapism is definitely not a good thing. Mm -hmm. You could be like, I want to escape the bad thing. So I'm on the vaccine side, but you could also say like, I want to escape the vaccine side and I, I want to go in a different direction. Mm -hmm. Both, both oppositions have like a very hard time within that spectrum. So I think that, that it's no matter which side you're on, it's, it's a very hard period in terms of what am I going to do? Where am I going to go for? And I think that in times like this, to give a sort of clue or give a sort of perspective on how I act and how I go on with this, is that presence is like a, is like a gift in these days. Mm -hmm. Because whenever you lose balance and you're like, oh, shit, maybe I should, oh, maybe I should. When you do that, your life is becoming a roller coaster. But when everything feels very clear, even if people are like, I want to get the vaccine and I'm sure about it maybe for them that's the best decision because they're mm. like completely out of their mind that that is going to be the thing for them and i think mm. that it's very important to follow what your gut says instead of like being within the wishy washy side of things the roller coaster uh, yeah. i also think that we're not used to struggle anymore so i think i mean you're a motivational person a very enthusiastic mm -hmm. good-hearted optimistic person but a part knows like yeah we're going to go to struggling times we're going to have yeah. to fight for certain things and we can try to avoid it or numb it with comfort, but it's it's almost unavoidable. Yeah, definitely. We're going to have to face it. And I think from my perspective on, one thing that, that is very important is the fact that they are actually abusing our system. They are abusing our human rights. They are abusing the system. They are abusing even the, the European parliament. I don't know if you saw it. Four uh, politicians, mm -hmm. like left, right, they were all on the same table saying like, 
even though we are left and right, this is our view. So mm -hmm. a lot of people are suffering. And I think that in terms of, of how to get through this, I think the best way is to build a new system like uh, Mr. Schwab with his ugly dog face said, build back better. I think it's important that we actually follow the same thing, but in Norway, build back better, but build our own system and screw the current one. Just see it as an obedient one. You know, it was super you know? funny. And it's an analogy that I also used in a podcast that recently to show what they're doing. So it's a meme and you've probably seen this meme. You basically have a guy and I think it's NASCAR. I'm not sure, but he won a NASCAR race and he's being interviewed, right? And everybody in the back is saying, fuck Joe Biden, fuck Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. And then the, the NBC reporter says like, oh my God, Brandon, they're cheering so much for you. They're yelling, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> so in a way, what the media and they're doing is they're trying to make everything, let's go, Brandon. Yeah. And you see in the background, you hear what people are saying, it's but crazy. it's like just telling a complete story, you know, that aligns with their narrative instead of listening to the truth. It's, it's yeah. almost like an analogy of what they're doing. Like everything is let's go Brandon. It's crazy. Yeah. That's something that really interests me in terms of the journalism that is going on right now, or the journalism. My, my English is not that good at some mm -hmm. points, but you, you studied for it in the past. You said yeah. you were a journalist student and stuff. Yeah. And what, what I think from a perspective that we're talking about right now is what could you implement out of your studies in a way that you could view what is going on with journalism in the days of today? What is their strategy? How do you view it yourself? Well, when you look at documentary of uh, Monopoly by Tim Heelan, you can find it on BitChute. You kind of see who owns a lot of shares of the companies. You end up at BlackRock Investment, Vanguard Investment. And there's so much on the the top influencing decisions, it's these young people who are happy that they get a, draw, a job, you know, they're brainwashed for like 20, 30 years because it's mostly like a perception war. So then in the end, I see a lot of people and they just buy into the narrative. They just, their yeah. attention has been hijacked and their perception has been hijacked. But That's I'm pretty extreme with it. I, I had to talk with it in my dad and my, my, my podcast is always controversial. If I ever in the future sit down and there is someone around me on my table that is a journalist who did this for years or a scientist, I'm going to say, get out of my face, you fucking Nazi. I don't want to sit in the same room as a psychopath like you. You should bear yeah. the consequences of what you did and responsibility. And I don't want to be around a sick, sickening, filthy person like you who's been pushing this on humanity and created this future. Get away, you fucking... Yeah. yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to scream, but that's the same thing. I put <laughs> yeah, them at the 100%. same core that has Nazis and people who've been pushing a societal model that I yeah. don't stand behind. And this is something that I see, like a lot of people are anti the measures. They're still being passive and you should do it from a place that you aren't too angry and violent, etc. But you should yeah. call out certain things like these people are not being held responsible. No. If you have a business and if you have a restaurant and there's a politician trying to come in, it's like, we don't let people in like you, you sick fucking psychopath. Get out of yeah. my fucking store. That's what 100%. people should do. These people in real life should also suffer the consequences of what they're 100%. doing. 100%. That's, that's completely right what you just said. And I think that it's, it's very important to, to be aware of what they did and the impact of their work because these people really had the guts to wake up, look themselves into the mirror and say like, hey, today is a new day of screwing up people's lives. So... I completely understand that. And I think it's very important to stay aware of the fact that if you have the right principles and if you are a thought leader, and even if you are just an entrepreneur, someone who's running his business or struggling to make some money, 
no matter what your financial situation is with the business, just stand up and tell them exactly that they are not welcome. Well, because they, I think they, that's they, not controversial in some way. I you think should call a, them out. Responsibility way, yeah. is about taking responsibility, but also holding people responsible. My friend Brecht, yeah. Brecht Arnard had a good uh, statement about it, that the only time that politicians say they take responsibility is when they resign. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Brecht is amazing, man. I, I, I'm, I was in his telegram. I'm saying was because I left all of the, the updates and stuff. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I, I, I just filtered some of it out, but... He's amazing and I love his view uh, on things. But it's also, if you, if you look at it, if you look at reality, it's so funny to see. You can literally, without even, because I know Yahoo Finance has like State Street Capital, BlackRock Investments. You can literally see, even without the internet, imagine the internet being away right now, you can literally see where the money is flowing. I was in the basic fit today, which is a Belgian gym, and uh, we are facing the last day, maybe, no, tomorrow is the last day, where we have to wear a mask not that I'm doing it, but we should. And on Monday, you don't, you do not have to wear it because then you can enter with vaccine passport and then they can scan it. And then you can just walk in without a mask. Employees cannot be vaccinated, but have to wear a mask, even if they are. But then, like a product with a barcode, right? Ding. Yeah. You'd like on a cash, with a on barcode. Cash, cash register. Yeah. Yeah. But what happens is basically, in my opinion, there's no way that they did not have money to do this because all the other gyms I know around here, luckily we have a lot of gyms. All these gyms are like, yeah, Monday would open. Okay, and do I need to get in with a mask? No. Do I need to get in with a coat? No. So it's basically highlighting where the money is flowing. And it's basically highlighting what people are doing for it and how comfortable they are with the fact that they do not have principles as long as they earn money. money. Because if they scan a code in the gym, they get paid. They get well, paid in Belgium. Well, this is the weird thing. People say like, they can't all be involved. It can be a conspiracy. Not everyone is in, but you don't need to get everybody in. You just need to look at big pharma, big media, big money, yeah. big government. Look at, are they making decisions? Are they getting more power and influence? A big hell yes. Yeah. So you just need to influence crucial things. Plus, you have to realize why are so little doctors or scientists speaking out? Because a lot of these projects of NGOs in Dutch, we call it niet gekozen organisaties. Mm -hmm. They get their grants from the government. So they get denied certain finances for projects. So there's also a way how they're not speaking out. And yeah. you mentioned like, how is this possible that so many people, even I don't call them journalists, I call them prostitutes, journalisten in it, uh, in, in Dutch. Yeah. You have the reticular activating system where a part of your reality is what you focus on. If I tell you like, Hey, focus on red cars. So suddenly you will see red cars everywhere. So Definitely. just as my guest, Matthias Desmet says, you're in mass psychosis, mass hypnosis. I can convince someone in hypnosis and I put underwear on his head and I tell him you're Napoleon and he thinks he's Napoleon. And he's yeah. completely convinced of it and he can't convince it otherwise. These people, their attention is so narrowly focused on something that that becomes their reality and the only thing that guides their life. So a lot of the people truly believe that this is the case. But if they would yeah. zoom in on cancer patients, suicide patients, obesity, that would become the major thing. And that would become the thing that is the point of attention. So yeah. this is very much on a perception, psychological and social level. It's crazy because yesterday I also had a, a friend over at my place, Greg Della, uh, Gregory Della. Hi, he's an amazing, amazing uh, Belgian DJ. 
one of the best out there, upcoming, great guy. And his mom was suffering, I don't know how to say it. I think it's tuberculosis in English mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. And they grew up with it. He knew how hard it was when, when she was sneezing on someone, they had to go to a hospital because mm -hmm. immediately they had like this plaque within their lungs and stuff. Mm -hmm. That's a crazy thing. And now he's also viewing COVID because he's, he's working in a hospital. Well, he's actually about to stop because he's done with it. He's working in a hospital. And if he's looking around, he's telling me, look, listen, the first thing about my job is I'm bored because there's only four people in the hospital. If mm -hmm. I count my, my, my colleagues with me, not even the patients. Yeah. And then he's like, they are pushing all these silly bullshit. And also, if I look at it from a perspective of, of the tuberculosis history, because back in the days here in Austin, it was they had to call the tropical disease thing to ask what, what is tuberculosis? They didn't even know it. And mm -hmm. then they apparently discovered it. People had to, what they had to do was get immune against it. Like, okay, they needed to get pressure mm -hmm. on their chest and stuff, yeah, yeah. but they became immune. And today this is being so underrated. Like when I'm sick, I'll take my vitamin C standing over there and I'll, I'll be better. I'll, I'll go outside. I'll take a cold shower. These things are getting so underrated, becoming sick and just healing yourself, just becoming immune to something. It's crazy. If you want to become immune to the system, boost your immune system. That's also yeah. what I say. And they haven't put $1 in healthcare. No extra yeah. hospital beds. Even in Holland, yeah. there was a motion by Gift Builders to enhance the hospital intensive care facility. The majority parties said no. Huh? And then... Last year's heroes, the nurses now are forced to make a decision. So there's less nurses. So there's more pressure on the hospitals. How does this make sense? Meanwhile, <laughs> they already ordered doses of the Xavines for until 2024 in some countries. Billions, yeah, billions, 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 billions of dollars that could be spent in hospitals, lifestyle, healthy food, That's exercise. Crazy. So even if this would be a crisis, even if this would be a pandemic, how does this approach make sense when we have limited yeah. resources to spend money on? It, it definitely doesn't. And since you're talking about the Netherlands, you actually sparkled some of my memory I had about the Netherlands. If I look to Thierry Baudet, he's amazing. If I, if I look to what he's doing and how he's talking about the politics. Um, and Gideon van Meijeren. Yeah. And then if you, if you see what Rob Jetten is saying, like uh, Thierry Baudet tweeted something about the Xavines and, and, and in comparison to the, the, the Jews from uh, back in the days. Mm -hmm. And he was comparing both of them in a certain analogy with like marks around it. And then mm -hmm. we had Rob Jetten, his uh, opponent from the opposite party, who was uh, actually saying like, huh, why are you, all these people who had a background are, are, are now so mad at you because you tweeted that. And he was like, why are you bringing those things up? I'm just making a point here about the fact that blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's, everybody it's on the right and people don't really meet, maybe I'm, I mostly have people in Holland and Belgium, but I have an international audience. Yeah. Maybe they don't know that about 20 years ago, the, the prime minister was shot in the Netherlands yeah. for speaking his mind because he was more right conservative and he had critical questions towards immigration. And then Theo van Gogh, mm -hmm. a director, also was like stabbed, I think, and also killed because of it. And they were constantly being blamed of being a Nazi, you know, and Theo Bardet is a Nazi. And now I see some measures being done, some, like a lot of, of, of fascism, and then they're doing it and they're supporting <laughs> yeah. it. And they're calling the other guys Nazis and fascists. Like, wait, yeah. what? Yeah, what? it's it's it, it makes completely no sense. And that's the fact that I think when I look to the opposition in Netherlands, because 
to make one thing clear, I, I don't I do not believe in politics and stuff at mm -hmm. some point. Maybe it's because I'm still 24. Maybe I will at one day. But I think that even if we take this in a, in a human perspective, if we look at the uh, EU Parliament, they were sitting together, all spectrums of political visions. Mm -hmm. If I look to what is going on right now, then I think like, why is there an opposition talking about what happened in the war instead of talking about how they could potentially solve it? Mm -hmm. in both different perspectives like okay you have a perspective but try to solve something do not bash on on cherry Baudet to say like yeah you were referring to that or something and that's something that really i'm not going to say that it makes me mad but it inspires me somehow that the psychological warfare that they are doing is basically to polarize the people who are not taking it like you know the the, the metaphor of having like the bowl uh, of ants and they they shake it right yeah 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 the, yeah, the yeah. jar of ants yeah. and then these ants do not attack or kill each other but whenever they shake it there is like an opposition and they the, the one side gets polarized by the other one and i think that's what they're doing right now and i think the only solution we have as human beings and as entrepreneurs because we're taking about talking about impact right here is that we should not polarize our opposition both in a politic view but also in a human view like if you're vaccine i'm not like i'm not going to polarize you i'm going to polarize who's doing this to us by polarizing myself and looking who am i and how can i improve myself and that's something that people do not do they are comfortable they do not polarize themselves they polarize the opposition blame them for making a problem instead of just polarizing themselves and thinking okay how can i improve today my mindset my body mm -hmm. my physical abilities my mental abilities and that is something that is a few years ago you could say like i don't meditate and i don't care but today's days you you have to be focused in every single area definitely if you want to make an impact yeah, I'm studying soci sociological because I've been a, I'm a sociologist and a psychological experiment and uh, looking forward to the book by Matthias Desmet. And probably in the future, I want to give lectures about how they hijack the perception of humanity and what to do about it so I can reverse it for the good. So one experiment that I think is interesting is I, I'm going to butcher the hours here, but they put a rat in water and the rat was fighting for its life, but it died after a couple of hours or even minutes. Damn. But then it was another experiment. Yeah, they did that in the 60s, like these kind of things. But then they had a rat that was swimming and they put the rat out of the water and then they put the rat back in. And that rat was fighting for its life for hours based on hope. Wow. But here's the next thing. A lot of people are building the future now on false hope. They could get out of that water you know, but let's say the jar is there with the water and they just keep on swimming with more hope longer, but they're not swimming to get out of the jar. So a lot mm -hmm. of people it's like, yeah, just a little, it's almost over. Yeah, but it's almost this like, no, no, we will soon go back. This false hope. It was the same thing that happened in Nazi Germany. Oh, we only have to close our stores. We only have to move. We only have to go to the camp. You only have to move this, this false hope without taking a stand, right? Yeah, And that's also the beautiful thing sometimes in human that they have hope, but it can be false hope when they don't empower and create alternative solutions. We 100%. have this false activism online that people think posting in Facebook group, which is a totalitarian platform, they mistake it for activism. And then I ask they them, have you, have you ever protested? No. But you're complaining about the future that's being created. Okay. And you have this false thing that just creating a Facebook group and typing is actually changing things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially knowing the platform that the social media platforms are and the vision they align, you're giving your attention away on the platform. I mean, I'm also guilty of it. But what alternative are you creating? Like, 
the way how activism is being held right now is completely different than someone with a fucking megaphone standing on a square like Martin Luther King, rallying people behind the cause, speaking powerfully and really uniting, creating a movement, a community. I don't still see this happening. Yeah, people are like, if we would get a metaphor in right here, if we would say like this entire thing was like a spear going through people's body, a lot of people just allow that to go through instead of just visualizing that it's not there. A lot of people just are not building up the strength to allow these things and, and to, I'm not, allow is the wrong word, but to go against these things, you know? Like I think mm-hmm. this entire problem of accepting this and, and like you said, with the, with the thing of the, of the rat swimming in the jar, if you just keep on swimming, but the, the glass doesn't shatter, or you, sh- you don't, or you don't crawl glass. out of it. Like yeah. you will at a certain point, like die, or you will be completely yeah. exhausted and you will just float yeah. on the surface. Right. The oxygen can disappear. And if that doesn't like, you're gonna, you're gonna drown in the water. So like, why, do, why won't you don't want to break the, the glass? But most people have like, no, but I will get a, I get, get a, get a water vest from the government soon to keep yeah. floating longer. That's kind of like <laughs> the mentality. Like, yeah, you're focusing on the wrong solution here yeah. guys and the wrong person to give you a solution. It's crazy. Yeah, a lot of people think in in terms of like these measurements they're taking. When I think in perspective of journalism and news, then I see measurements that are always going to be beneficial towards the people who are saying that these measurements are going to be there. And a lot of people are so naive that they think like, hey, maybe this measurement is going to be the next thing. Maybe if I now take my bike and I'm going to do a 13 kilometers drive mm-hmm. with my bike, and I'm going to wear my face shield, diaper, I will get back immune. But it's not true. Like, you know what yeah. You know what they're saying? Like, a lot of people are, like, taking these measurements as a thing that it, it makes you better. But to be honest, if we look, people have been breathing against a, a piece of cloth or paper for, like, one year. People have been washing their hands with, with bullshit. Yeah, and in all the countries right now, there's over mortality in 2021 compared to 2020. How the hell does this make sense when yeah. a lot of percentage of the population has been examinated? Yeah, that's that's the thing. And like what, what I see in Belgium, and it's 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 so it's radical, it's just radical. They do not allow the freedom of choice and freedom of speech anymore because they're like at a certain point, they're like. Maybe we should all vaccinate, exavenate ourselves. And then um, you know what I saw? You <laughs> saw this, right? Because I also always like to talk to this. There's this, there's this influenza commissary of the of the Open Veil Day who was talking yeah. about putting savinated people in prisons. I'm serious, yeah. right? I don't know if you've I seen this it. clip. Yeah, yeah. Like what the hell? <laughs> it's crazy. Well, that was the clip was uh, that, that that I was gonna refuse to because exactly I was gonna refer to that one. The clip of, of that guy was indeed like we started like Maybe we should do it. Then they said, like, no, we just need a few more people who 70%, have to do it. right? And then yeah. back to normal. Yeah, and then back to normal. And now it's like pushing this entire thing, like, okay, everyone who does not do it is gonna lose his job. Everyone who does not do it is gonna go to prison. Meaning that I, I was in the gym, I had a conversation with a guy mm-hmm. a few seconds ago, and he was saying, like, I'm done with this bullshit as yeah, well. Yeah, I'm I'm also being the stage that I'm like crazy. I'm done with this circus, guys. It yeah. doesn't work. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm, I'm just had it up to here with this freaking circus. And it's not about Fox. you guys. I still have empathy. I know you're doing well, but I just can't keep the charade going anymore. Yeah. This masquerade of nonsense. 
Yeah. And also the fact that some doctors in Belgium are like, I follow science. I follow my job. If you do not exavinate yourself, you're not welcome. Then I'm like, whoa, you're bashing someone because of one decision. Like, and this guy was saying the same. He was like, we still have thousand people working over at our job in the hospital, thousand people in the hospital. Can you imagine that thousand people for a hospital? And he's like, I know that somehow the ratios would be like 80% is being exavinated. And then 20% is not, meaning that 200 people would have to lose their job, but they are now already on like a, a, a scarcity of, of, of employee, um, employees there. It's crazy. And you know the polarization, and I totally see the resemblance with the Jews in World War II. You have to be blind to not see it. And hashtag Definitely. just look at the data from Israel, one of the most vaccinated countries in the world, and look at what's happening there. They're even polarizing to say, you know, and that's the media, they do astroturfing, they publicly social engineer an opinion and then act like the public thinks it this way. It's like, I, I don't feel comfortable anymore taking care of a non-exavenated uh, person. Like what? Yeah. Did you have the same thing about someone who's smoking, who was, who was morbidly obese and had a bad lifestyle? Like you're going to just be someone who only is going to take care of people who take put. I mean, that's the weird thing. On the one hand, they totally not are building up the healthy lifestyle and personal responsibility. But on the other hand, they're going to blame people like for taking certain choices that they think compromise their health, personal health or health of other people. Like how the hell does this make sense? Makes how does sense. this make sense? Because in the future, they want to have a cryptocurrency kind of based technology that also going to give you points based on your behavior that you can track and trace you. And if you're a healthy, good prisoner on probation, then you get some bonus points. Yeah. That's you get some extra CO2 credits, right? It's so obvious right? what, what's yeah. going to happen and, and in the future, what they're like creating. You can look at Klaus Schwab, where he just basically is like admiring technology and merging it and tracking and tracing combined with a CO2 budget, cashless society, more tracking and tracing. I mean, this is not a theory. This is clearly what these people have in store for yeah. us. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's also... What, what really inspires me is the fact that you could say that the system is screwed and you're like, you know, if the system is screwed and the system is screwing us up, I'm going to screw the system as well. I'm going to go everywhere with false documents. It's something that has been in my head. It's going to be an action item for mm. the next coming weeks. I'm not lying about that. But then I think like I could eventually just have false documents, but then I'm actually also in compliance with the fact that I allow these people. This is the thing. This is, this is an, an, an important thing that you say. You can find side roads, but either if you don't accept it or don't approve of it by just finding another way, you're just condoning it. That's the same yeah. thing when I would go to a bar and they have this QR code. It's like, dude, I care about you, care about your business. But yeah. you're creating a model where you're making it more difficult for yourself. This is the irony. The people in the restaurants and bars now have to refuse people who stood up the most for them keeping their business open. Yeah, and a lot of people are gonna are gonna find like the the, the side roads, like in Sluis in the Netherlands. Uh, it's actually like next to Bruges. There was someone walking in, and she was like, "Hey, do you have a QR code?" And she was like, "No, I do not have a QR code. I'm not joining this bullshit." And then the waitress was like, "Wait, just..." Let me act like I'm scanning your phone. It's just to get in. If you're in, nobody can take you. And then I'm like, okay, maybe that's a good thing because she's not savvinated. She can go in. But on the other road, again, she's in compliance with the fact that this is happening. And then I'm like, why not stand up and just make your point and say like, hey, if I do not have the possibility to enter without going in compliance with this bullshit, like I think, and this is a revolution we have to start ourselves that we should just stand up and have strong principles and say like, whoa, maybe 80% of the people visiting here are like saying, hey, 
uh, I'm getting in. Maybe 20% of that 80% is also making false shit up to you and making lies. But why not just stand up and, and accept the fact that everyone is just done with it? A lot of people are just done with it. But the fact is that they do not open up their mouths, even if they don't have the diaper on it. And that's something that makes me really mad. Yeah. And that's the same thing about, listen, like I have my own opinion about the Xavines, but I'm not going to make definitive conclusions, but this is just not enough evidence for the time that it's there. But I'm, I'm not going to try to attack the people who already took it because no. there got to be something maybe with the third booster shot or fourth thing, fourth thing that you know, like, whoa, this is not going away. This is forever going to be the future of me, my children, and future generations. So I hope some people have like second doubts, you know, with the third one. I mean, my, par yeah. my parents have like, whoa, I, I did what I wanted to do. I see that, you know, it's not going away. It's still here. Uh, yeah. I'm not getting my complete freedom back. Whoa, what's going on here? It's same with my dad, bro. My dad, yesterday, I went out for a drink with my dad. It was amazing. And he went, he walked up to me and I shared some videos and stuff about all these Xavines. And he didn't reply to it, but he walked up to me. And the first thing he said was like, son, these are bullshit times. You were right. It's like, it's crazy. Mm. Like you saw it 50-50 in the hospitals. And then like, out of a sudden, it's like 80% that was being, being savinated, that was laying there. And then I'm like, we should not only fear the fact that people who are not being savinated are getting a virus or something. We should be fearful about the fact that both oppositions are both getting in big trouble because all these people that thought they were serving their, their neighborhood and their loved mm -hmm. ones by taking the Xavine, which I kind of allow like you do, mm -hmm. they, are, they are getting into trouble as well. And now their loved ones are suffering because of losses of their health or maybe losses of, of, of their situation. I don't know about you. And maybe that can again be my reticular activating system. I mean, I have my biases. Like I'm not yeah. saying I have the ultimate truth. I say, speak your truth, not the truth. I don't think there's no. something as objective truth, but there are principles sure. and values. But I know more people who have side effects. Yeah, I do. people who had serious uh, consequences of COVID that it's a bit longer and to recover. Absolutely. And I'm also not mm -hmm. denying that it's there, but I know a lot more people who, who had negative side effects than people who had yeah. serious consequences of the virus. It's crazy. And I think that, that one of the biggest things we should, we should see at this point is that there is so much pressure on people who still allow the news because I was, I was watching one little uh, fragment of it, one little portion of the news. And it was actually the portion you said from the guy from Openville, did, yeah, the yeah, yeah. who was saying, yeah, we have to. The, the liberal, business. right? The yeah, liberal. Yeah, yeah. The liberal, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Liberal as fuck. Yeah. It's crazy. And then I was, and I was looking at these videos and I was like, whoa, two seconds of this was enough to see what is, what is going on with the it's people. It's not and mandatory, I, but they're thinking yeah. about mandating for every job. Yeah. Like it's not mandatory, but if you don't take it, like we're going to shut your ass. You're not going to go anywhere. And then I'm like, how fucking corrupt can something be? Like I, I have been tracking all the stocks of these vaccines and I have been looking at the price actions of them compared to other stocks and if you look at what is going on in this entire market it's it's fucked up and all these people that are going in uh, agreement with the fact that they are the new hot topics and they are jumping in it's like what the fuck are you doing don't this you is see also the, the thing i had that, this yeah. conversation by the way with my dad and i have some uh, st stuff in stocks and this is not financial advice but i i no. sometimes follow my intuition in my belly and I'm going to sell at least half of my stocks because I have a feeling that there's going to be a crash and uh, that it's so much inflated that they can't keep this up between 100%. this and, and March or something. It's their goal. It's their goal. They, they, want it. they want it to crash. It's like a part of their And then blame it on COVID, yeah. right? Nothing to do with the measures. <laughs> it was just happened there. 
Yeah. What is hard for me to know that is like my parents and 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 people of the age of my parents, just to not vision them, but like envision everyone at that age. 50, they 60, grew 60, up 70, with, yeah, uh, yeah they, they grew up with like 9-11. They could definitely connect the dots there. And they also grew up with the fact that Greece in 2007, 2008 had like the limitation on on money withdrawals or money uh, mm-hmm. yeah, getting money out of uh, out of the ATM it was like four hundred euros a week I think mm-hmm. and then they were saying yeah all the people and the families are standing in Greece oh they're so poor because they cannot get money out of the ATM bank the, the people behind the bank were like hey, hey, hey we got like a limit on the ATMs people are gonna believe it and then out of a, out of a sudden in that crisis it was like Europe who was the hero flying by and saying hey people don't suffer don't worry we're gonna save your ass by making new money, like by inflating your ass, actually, mm-hmm. by printing new money. And then now it's it's basically the same. Like, okay, yeah, you, your, your, electricity, your electricity bill is going to go up. Your uh, your uh, fuel is going to go up. Supply chain up. will be disrupted. Yeah. Maybe it's the food it's supply, building materials. Yeah. And then the next thing is going to be like, oh, no worries, guys. We just need more cash. And then there's going to be inflation again. But at this point, it's like how I feel about all of this is like mm. a very fast paced exit scam because i call it the scam because our mm. financial system if you look at it it's inspiring to see is one of the biggest scams in history mm-hmm. and if you see that this is about to end think about ending a scam people are gonna run with bags of money people are gonna run because they're like oh yeah yeah you need to do this and you need to do they're fast paced action takers at this point in time and you can spot it at every single step they take it's like, yeah, you need to do it right now. Oh, we need to rush. Of course, we need to rush because imagine fighting people like they say, it's not possible. And also what happened, you know, one day or two days ago is, and I've been predicting this for 12 years. And I'm also curious because you're from a younger generation and I want to know a bit more about your experience uh, being so young and, and already having a successful business and uh, seeing to everything that's going on. They launched Meta. They changed the name of Facebook. <laughs> Yeah. And everybody seems to be excited, oh. like, yeah, let's live online in a virtual reality. And then we get points for behavior and we can get tracked and traced and more behavior that can be tracked and traced. And our perception can be influenced even more on a platform like, yeah, let's just go to the prison of the matrix. And it's exciting. There's going to be some yeah. possibilities with it that are like awesome to communicate with people. But people act like, yeah, more technology, more enslavement. That's going to bring us happiness. Well, people already are enslaved by their phone or, or their freedoms are like limited i'm like whoa suddenly here now facebook goes towards virtual reality yeah. and uh, even more control and meddling of their perception it's crazy well if you look at what they're doing with meta and it's it's very smart if they launch it as meta and they want to create a metaverse but nobody is aware of what metaverse is if you see meta they're like oh yeah meta now nah, cool name but people are like Sleeping when it comes to what they're doing. I don't know. You you saw the Matrix because I think you advised me to watch it. Then my entire <laughs> worldview popped. I think if you look at the scene where people you call like me Morpheus, battery, yeah, 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 I did. <laughs> if you if you look at the scene where people act like the battery of this entire system when they're laying in yeah. something, then I'm like, what the fuck is gonna happen with Mita? It's gonna be the next thing. People are gonna be the battery of society, Hatchlings giving them of the yeah, system. Yeah, they're going to get like an immense abundance and luxury on the thing that is like 360 on their head. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, I got everything while you're just in the dark. You can you can somewhere. you can kind of see the analogy of like this big octopus. And then people yeah. are like there with open eyes, just staring. And then they just suck the attention out of them. and go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It's crazy. Like this kind of image do I have, you know? You can see this podcast of Alex Jones with Joe Rogan, like the podcast episode. Just check it again, what he talked about. And look at yeah. how many things are still crazy of it. He also talked about, it. they want to hook people to a central grid. So they have all the data, you know, and they can influence their consciousness because... So much things fit this narrative of let's get them hooked, let's centralize, track and trace it, let's hijack their perception, but sell it as Crazy. ultimate choices and options and keep them entertained. If you look at innovation and the way IoT will get involved in the future of this world, Internet of Things, it's pretty scary because I in the first in the first place I was like, I don't care about how IoT will come and take stand. I'm not afraid of IoT. I'm not afraid of AI. What is IoT? IoT is Internet of Things. Oh, okay. yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you have a washing machine and then the drone comes because of... Oh, you mean the Internet of Bodies, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's how you could say. <laughs> and actually, if you look at it, first, I wasn't afraid because I was talking with a very great guy, nothing bad about him, Rob van Kranenburg. He's amazing. He's one of the biggest IoT people from the Netherlands mm. in Belgium. He's amazing. I saw him thinking about it. I saw his way of how he was picturing it. It was great. It was passionate. But if I look at it from a standpoint that we now could see what they're doing with our rights and how they are abusing systems, it makes me afraid because I think that this passionate view and this passionate technology can be implemented in a world where it cannot be that passionate anymore. I saw a video from a very trustable source, trustworthy source, that they are going to launch the baby pod. It's going to be a baby pod standing on your furniture where a baby can grow. You just have to feed it with like some food and, and just turn it on the baby pod and the baby gets food and the, the, the fetus is growing and stuff. It's, it's fucked up if you look at it like, like from that perspective. And I'm like, we have to focus on this time and we have to be present, but we should not forget that what they were talking about yesterday is becoming the new tomorrow. Because look like at what we're doing right now. We're trying to find alternative ways to speak our mind, speak our opinion, get together. And they try to limit the things in real life. The next thing is to limit the things online. So if everything is in a virtual universe and you have to converse that and attract and trace everything, we can't even maybe have this call anymore. It's limited or our yeah. score decreases. We can't speak anymore. So what are the means of resistance? None. None. Almost none. Definitely. Definitely. It's and how are we being treated? QR code, right? And then this whole uh, connecting to a grid, you know, and, and, and then spending time there and digital connection. We are being treated like objects. Yeah. Just as Yuval Hariri said, we're hackable animals. And, and crazy, everything man. from our barcode and how we're being treated and can you go to the next thing, you know, it's, we're being treated as animals, as objects, as products. We're just being treated as yeah. products. And it's a shift you can feel in your mind because I had a dream, which is very rare for me because my REM sleep is very low. <laughs> but one night I had a very decent REM sleep and I had a dream about the fact that I was running around in, a, in, in society like right here and I was looking at people and people were puppets. I was the only human being alive and I was asking myself, how do I get rid of this identity? How can I like escape this entire thing and become someone without an identity? Which, of course, in means of reality, we talk in right here is, is a hard thing to do. But I was, I was dreaming that. And the fact that that is on my mind tells enough about what is going on for us and for people in, in general. I'm not only fearing the fact that we are like, we should not only fear like our current generation or your generation. I think we should fear all generations for what's left to come. Even the babies mm -hmm. who get born right now, these people are just fresh on the world. 
they're never going to get to know what we used to know. And that's a, a very weird reality. Well, we, we give it? up, we sacrifice being human for the false altar of comfort and convenience. There's something beautiful about being fragile, transitory, having emotions, having the unpredictability there. In the future, I see just children being born out of a tube or without a mother or without a pregnancy. But there's also something of, I mean, I'm not a woman, but having something develop inside you, that bond, that's also, yes, it's maybe uncomfortable, but it's part of being human. Yeah, 100%. It's a scary thing to think about. Man. And what you said, that's like Jordan Peterson sometimes talks about it, about the story of Pinocchio, but how does Pinocchio become a boy and not a donkey? Because he just stays a puppet. His nose grows when he lies and he becomes a donkey by being fooled of other people and telling them what to do and being scammed by speaking yeah. his truth and by truly caring about people instead of being a triggered, angry boy. Wow. That's deep if you think about it. But it's, it's true. It's true. What you're telling is not only a view we perceive as human beings, but it's a view that gets pushed on us. And, and, and it's something that we all should contribute towards. And we should accept the fact that the world is innovating. But I don't see it as innovation. I see it as disruption or something. It's, it's, it's crazy. Disruption in a, in a good and a bad way. So we should be very aware of that and we should really stand up, not in a way that we need to use violence or something like we, we will have to use violence one day, but in the fact that we show principles and, 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 and show them that we do not care about them pushing new things. We just push our own thing. We just follow our own. Yeah. I think what could be inspiring is about your childhood and adolescence and child years and your evolution, because I think mm -hmm. that also played a role. You can judge it. Maybe you can share your story, but it also molded you in the person who we are right now, I think. So could you share a bit of your story? Yeah, it definitely is. Because I think that I do kind of have, as my mentor says, Dean Graziosi, he's amazing. The underdog advantage, amazing mm -hmm. book. And I think when I look at the story of George Washington, and when I look at my story and the story of other successful people. It's the fact that they got their mouth shut in the past. I was always the, 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 the boy that was, when I was playing with toys, I was building the biggest towers and I was not stopping until the biggest tower was there. I was building this, uh, castles for my cat and stuff. I was always have to contribute to, to a bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And whenever I got mute, muted, I was, I was the guy that was like, I didn't stand up. I didn't mm -hmm. stand out either. I was just looking down and I was like, okay, I'm getting muted again. Okay. I'm not going to be able to speak anymore. And that was something that was happening in my family. I still love everyone, but that happened. Mm -hmm. It happened in my times when going to school. It happened in, in, in other times of my life. I was getting bullied. I was getting destroyed. And one day you can just stand up. You can also stand out by just getting significance, not out of being the richest guy in the club or the bottles or like who, who, whoever the fuck is can doing you, that. Can you first tell a bit? Because I always find this inspiring, like how sure. you first dealt with it, with the fact that you were bullied, why you were bullied and how were you first yeah. trying to handle it? Yeah, sure. Interesting perspective. I was trying to handle it with, with arrogance, actually. Arrogance mm. was being triggered within my soul. I was, when people were telling things to me was like, shut the fuck up. What is your problem? Like, why, why should I listen to you? What is your problem? Who are you more than I am? Why should I? That was what, is, that was what, what was happening, actually. I was always getting back to them in a revenge of using words. I was never getting back to them in a revenge of changing or smiling or, or building. I was never bringing a difference. The only difference was my reaction every single time, but it was with arrogance, if that makes sense.
in a further point, I was, I was developing myself and I was going to the gym. I was getting my first dates. Everything in my life was enrolling the beautiful times we had. Did that shift it? Because by me, I had to hit rock bottom. I was overweight, depressed and uh, yeah, not close to suicide, but I didn't see the meaning in life anymore. So okay. for me, it was like a low point. Was, was it for well, you more gradual or? Yeah. For me, it was nice because somehow I had a, I had two successful YouTube channels. So financially, I was starting to skyrocket mm. my career creatively. And I was getting seen by people. I was receiving the, the, the value of a community that was telling me, hey, we contribute to what you are doing. You're doing it right. So I got all the confidence of, of the world. I was literally walking on a cloud. Until then, my parents they divorced. And then reality hit me in the face. And that was the point where I was in the same situation, like you just mentioned, rock bottom, drugs in my life, like uh, weed and stuff. And I was, I was very close to suicide. My girlfriend had to stop me. So that mm. was the, the, the downside of everything. So whenever reality hit me, whenever those clouds seemed to disappear and show me that life also had ups and downs, that was the point where I made the biggest growth, not the point where everything was going effortlessly, limitless. Yeah, see, because, that's interesting. Yeah. That's what I find mostly like people who stand up against false authority, people tell them what to do, first being a victim, blaming other people. But then there's something about pain, struggle, challenges that become like a gift. It makes you more human. It makes you develop yeah. resilience and it makes you look for the answer within yourself. Yeah, because it also it also gives you the opportunity to, to, to observe new perspectives in life, in life because the things that other people were seeing was not the same perception as I had. I was only seeing a bad, fat, addicted self. I was only seeing a guy that was living up to the limits of, of, of his life, the paycheck, the job, the, the yes, nodding, everything. I was not seeing any other things until like my entire reality shattered and showed me that, hey, I just need to be a man of responsibility and, and stand up to my values and truth and principles and I just need to skyrocket all of this and then everything is going to click and work. As soon as I did that, everything skyrocketed. And I'm not talking in terms of, of financial mm -hmm. uh, situations and stuff because that was not, it was interconnected, but not linked. Somehow it was weird to explain, but it's hard to see the, the difference when you're still in the perception of who you believe you were. Yeah, you know I think I mean? often in the beginning, it's that claim that discipline outside structure, showing that you can change by your body, you're getting a girlfriend. But then you start to discover yourself, your personality, your talents, your psychology, the shadow also work. your weaknesses, actually. And your weaknesses, yeah. I, I think I'm definitely an advantage of focus on your strengths in your business and then work on your weaknesses with intimate relationships that you feel safe in. That's mm -hmm. a bit my perspective. But a huge part besides getting what you want, going for what you want, is also appreciating what you have. And one of my sales mentors said to me once, like, life can only get as good as you can stand. 100%. You're limited to the person. Because you can have subscriber successful videos and it gives a kick, but it's temporary, right? If yeah. you don't have that self-image, yeah. if you can't take it in, you think like, yes, once I hit that and then it's the next yeah. thing again. I tell it to my students as well. I tell them it's not the time you spend with me that is going to make you the most successful. It's going to be the time you spend with yourself. Because every time I was recording the videos, it was like, hey guys, what's up? Welcome to a new vlog. Super confident. You could put me, put me in every single silly costume. I would walk in a crowded place. I would not care as long as that camera was recording. As soon as it was out, I was <laughs> the stranger. It was crazy. The camera was literally triggering a certain schizophrenia or something inside of me. It was mm. crazy. I was like becoming a different, more optimistic person 
that was shifting his identity towards the well-being of people. But as soon as that camera was off, it was like, okay, here we are again. Same mirror, same person, same limits, same shit, different day. And that's a crazy mm. perspective because as soon as I saw mm. that, I decided to change everything. And then my life changed. It's crazy. Were people jealous of your success? Because sometimes what I see sometimes also that if people can use how to deal with bullying wisely, they can become one of the most successful people ever. Yeah. The most successful people in class rarely become the most successful people in life. It's crazy. It is. And to answer that question in case of being not bullied, but receiving hate on my success, mm. that was the, the thing, right? If I look at it today, it is like, I still have four star shifts being 45 years old, living with their wives in the Netherlands, having three children calling me out for like, Hey, what the fuck is wrong with you? You cannot even talk Dutch. It's English and Dutch together. I'm like, yeah, bro, I'm young. Maybe I'll get it's Flemish, bro. Nobody can understand <laughs> me. So yeah. I'm like, Udukeyemule, you know, <laughs> I'm like shut your face and it's crazy. So wh what I saw back in these days is that success is a big revenge. It's a good thing. It's a nice thing, but it's also going to get people jealous. The times people called me to say, hey, you bastard with your successful YouTube channel. I'm going to rape your girlfriend. I'm going to kill your mother and dad. Whoa. Like all these things. It all happened. It all Whoa. happened. Like, And the funniest thing is because my mom gave them my number. <laughs> they apparently found out because of my vlogs, they found out where I was living. They mm. spotted my home in Austin. They rang the doorbell and they were like, hey, is uh, Arno home? And my mom was like, no, he isn't home, but here's his number. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa. mom, what the fuck? Why are people calling me? Mom, dad, who gave them my number? And then everything started. So Whoa. success is also a controversial thing because I believe that being under the radar and getting the success you want for the people you love is more beneficial mm -hmm. than not being under the radar and being the guy that is known by everyone. And I love mm -hmm. to be in the picture, but I don't love to be in the, in the spotlight. It has always been my biggest desire. And I cannot lie that I love some attention and some controversy and some, some people saying, mm -hmm. yeah, you're right or you're wrong. Mm -hmm. But it's a hard position to be in whenever everyone is watching you every single day and tracking you. And, and yeah, this is what, but, but I'm an INTJ, so I find it a bit difficult for me. It's about impact and uh, serving my clients. And that's what fulfills me. I want to hire a person in the future who do all the social media and conversations yeah. with people. But for me, being on social media all the time and having to perform. Oh, this is something for my audience. All this, like I'm walking uh, with my girlfriend on a bridge and it's beautiful. And instead of being with my girlfriend, it's like, oh no, this would be perfect to do a life. I have to cap. It feels so exhausting for me to perform yeah. this way all the time. Yeah. And some people get sick of it, bro, because I was calling with YouTube friends back in the past and I'm going to keep this anonymous because mm -hmm. I have respect for their names and who mm -hmm. they are. But one yeah. time, my mom came home and I was like, oh, wait a second. Hey, mom, what's up? How's your day? Welcome home. And then I walked up back to the Zoom call. It was still Skype or MSN back mm -hmm. in the days. I think it was mm -hmm. Skype. They were saying at me like, hey, imagine a video where your mom dies in your house because of a fire. That would get a lot of views. And I was like, whoa, my mom just arrived home and they're referring to a fire. So it's a, it's a crazy mm -hmm. world to, to constantly perform. And you get sick because... Whenever your consistency of content goes up, because I had four days a week when I was when I was uploading, I also had seven days a week when I was uploading. Sometimes was variable. As soon as your consistency goes up, 
your mind gets crazy because you're mm-hmm. thinking, how do I get the most impact? How do I get the most views? And that is actually what gave a big impact to me today because also I'm sharing the same story like you do. I want to create a bigger impact. Nowadays, I do not care about the views anymore. I have a new video on my YouTube channel. It has like 33 likes, 200 views. But I'm happy to know that 200 people really received the message that I wanted to spread. Bro, that's is, what that I love about thing. you and also about me. People said like, <laughs> uh, oh my God, Phil, you're speaking out and you're going to lose your clients. Like, A, I have the biggest launch the last week. Maybe I'm able to hit like 25K in a week. Yeah. And I attract my own audience, my own tribe. It's not just about making money. It's about surrounding myself with people, creating rebels with a cause who stand for important values. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I stand out and lose people, but what else can I lose then? Just speaking my truth, my values True. and not being able to look into the mirror of myself. And I say to people, they say like, I know the algorithm is going down. You have less reach. Screw the algorithm. Yeah. Have conversations with people, build relationships with people, go deeper with certain people. And that's, that's where it still is building relationship, communication skills, caring and serving people. Because if you're going to be dependent on that algorithm, like sometimes even on Facebook, I have like 10 people like it and it says five views. Like, huh? What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. But it's important to polarize it all around yourself and the message you want to spread. And a lot of people don't see that. They're like, hey, welcome to my video. I got a very important opportunity for you. And then they quit the record button. And then they're like, hey, I I hope this is going to get a lot of sales. And these people, Mm. I'm not going to blame them for doing it. But these people need to learn a lesson and get a face slap. Because it's not about, hey, how much sales can I get? How many sales can I get? It's not about those people you talked about having the perception that you need to serve and always be the guy that is like positive mm-hmm. and, and like flowers, rainbows. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. people who, who, who don't do shit are shit. It's hard to tell, but we, we have to stay realistic. We should not lie in our content or be the people pleaser, the always pleasant vlog guy that is like, hey, welcome to this new positive video. No. We should lose clients to win the best clients in the world. That's how it goes. I would rather get like five clients who are 100% in, 200% in, people that are about to be the next game changer, just like you and I, instead of having like 500 people willing to make money, willing to change themselves just to provide their families with food. No, no, no. There's more. I want game changer as a client, you know? I want people who want to stand up and who want to miss. This is the thing that opened up my heart. And this is not a tactic to be more caring, to get more sales. But ever since I started caring more about people and it makes me emotional when I see people still standing up and I help them standing up and feed them like, bam, I'm so happy to do that, man. Like, I just love doing that. Like, yeah, let me feed my network, help people, you know, create enough resources for themselves. Like, yes, I'll make a good living doing it. But when I see I can help those people, that's just amazing, man. You have to, you have to. And it's all about serving. And as soon as you serve more and as soon as you earn more, the only thing that grows is not the wallet behind the business. It's the heart and the mind connection behind the business who is serving this value to the ideal client you envisioned whenever you were picturing the the end goal, whenever you were saying, hey, this is my business and this is what my business is standing for. And this is what I see big leaders do. I know this is a controversial name and I know not everybody mm-hmm. is loving him. Mm-hmm. But Elon Musk is mm-hmm. also the same. He was in the Joe Rogan podcast as well, smoking weed. If you see what happened to his stock, I guess he lost 43 big shareholders, big, big companies, big formal people. 
it didn't bother him. He was on an all-time high, again. but his stock was not on an all-time high. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Yeah, so it's it's crazy, and it's it's a radical time shift because people are not caring about the brand anymore. They're not like, oh wow, this is a consulting company, or oh wow, this is. Well, this that. is the thing that I I yeah. align with what you say, but I also defer because we had a discussion about it and we talked about it in a good way about it. Like I think, hey, this is gonna align totally with what you believe in. I think once as an entrepreneur, you align with your deeper why, something bigger than yourself, how you can serve humanity, your mission, your conviction, your standing up, Uh your attraction will absolutely like blow up. Because when I do my client closer academy and I tell them I'm going to help you get to 10K plus months as a coach by building a magnetic brand, creating that life-changing offer and developing unstoppable sales conviction. But my bigger mission actually is, and I do it through this, is creating rebels with a cause who take personal responsibility, speak their truth. And make an impact that that is the, that, that is when i speak about that like yeah i'm just proud to create like future leaders the only thing yeah. that i defer a bit is if you can tap into that in the beginning that's awesome i believe sometimes in the beginning you just want to get clear on what you were meant to do clear on yourself your strengths and weaknesses and that will also help you get clear on your why but your why is yeah. definitely in the end in your business your personal life combined with your social relationships the most important, powerful thing. Definitely, definitely. And I, I do agree with the, with, the, with the structure of things, like the, the sequence of, of how you view it actually inspired me as well, because it's important as well to have the why, but we start differently, like you said. And because I, think I don't know, you, you're a motivated person and you're like immediately fired up and enthusiastic, but I know some people are frustrated that they can't see to yeah. find that why, and it stops them from taking action. And they first yeah. want to discover the why. If you can't absolutely do it, man, like go to your experiences, see how you can help people younger than you and give to them what you would love to have received yourself. But if you're stuck yeah. at, I don't have clarity with the why, with the what, just take action and get moving and start yeah, the personal responsibility. To. Yeah. 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 And in that case, it's like you said, then you might start with the how exactly, how am I going to do this? Why am I going to do this? And then just maybe not the why, like you said, because some people are stuck there, but exactly reflect to what is going to move the needle in this business and what is going to make me happy. What would I like to do and how would I like to do it? And then come back to the fact that you can exactly have the why. Because for me, it was quite obvious to start with with the why and not with the Mm. how, because the how was more technical in my Mm -hmm. uh, opinion. Uh, But for some people, the how is not exactly the first step. But it's important. I need people. When I see people that are are about to become my clients, if I see that they are not fired up, I am not <laughs> allowing them. Even if they have yeah. the money, I'm like, yeah. bro, you're not fired up. Or sister, you're not fired up. Just put some pepper in your ass or something. That's the same thing. When I have conversations, I think it's not about the sales conversation. It's about the potential of people having a better future, making better decisions, and you have a transformational container. So I sometimes, and that's what I'm radical about right now. Like, you know, I have options and somebody wanted the lowest option. And I just said to the person, and I mean, it's because that is how I come from this place. Like, listen, bro, I think this is only going to be for you and I want a transformation for you. And I could get the money by that low thing that you say you need. I'd rather lose this sale. Yeah. Because you're not going to get the result what I want for you. Nothing to do with the sale because sometimes as a visionary, you see where they would love to be and what they minimally yeah. need. And I'm not going to compromise by giving them something yeah. that is below what they need. You see their alternate reality already in a, in a, in a distant. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no. Now, now my mind is, is transferring towards the reality transferring book, but I do not want to get into that yeah. topic because it's going to keep us hooked for like an entire hour. But it's impressive to see what, what this world is about and how we can view what we do as, as thought leaders and change makers. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's about here about transforming lives and doing life-changing things. That's the same thing. Yes, I help you develop a high ticket offer, but why? Because I want you to develop a life-changing, high transformational offer. Yeah. And that comes at an investment for a more permanent change and a more emotional, psychological investment of the person to make it work. Yeah. I always try to frame things of how can it serve the other person better instead of like, how can I make the most money or do these things? Because you're also in the marketing industry. And you see, and I hear people about people investing in coaches, being scammed, you know, yeah. being made false promises. It's so rampant. And, you know, it's crazy. it really hurts my heart when I hear these experiences of people, you know, because money is energy. Okay. But if the energy is being put towards something that didn't bring what they wanted, that screws up the image of the coaching industry, man. Yeah. It's crazy, man. I see a lot of people that are like, flexing their numbers and then i'm like okay you can do that but what 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 is what is happening to the numbers why not show the transformations are your clients something you're afraid about are there are they having like mediocre results while you're having like over the top money that is that is coming in it's it's crazy i see a lot of them and then i'm i'm thinking like why not get back to the initial thought before you ever started because the first day we all know we're not sure about the fact that it's going to be a success or not or, or not i have been suffering a lot my first year in business was was like eating bricks while hashtag completely normal <laughs> exactly my principle is like take seven years to build a business get down on your knees fall 12 times and then stand up 14 times or something and then if you're if you've done it for like seven years and you look back at it and you're nowhere then you can cry. And, and also, complain. this is something maybe that people don't listen. Some people also don't want to do the work or don't want to be yeah. consistent and look long-term. I worked for eight years at a job as a healthcare coordinator that I didn't like, but it paid the bills. Always postponing, sacrificing the present for the future that never comes. And yeah. one day I will do something. One day I will do something. But I saved money for eight years, okay? I was also like, I want to do something with it. So sometimes you just can't expect to immediately have success. I don't believe personally in burning the boats and going all in financially. I'm like, if you're going to burn the boats, have a fucking yacht with you full of supplies and land on the <laughs> island, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. But somehow, yeah, you have to, you have to burn the boats. Exactly. But if you talk about supplies, then I see them yeah. as personal supplies. I, I think that was the, the metaphor you were aiming for, like, be the person you have to be. And have these resources inside of you before you talk about the transformation. Like what I used to do was talk to people and say like, hey, you can definitely come back to me, read these books, listen to these podcasts. And what I was finding out was that whenever I was looking at these surveys, they were filling in before we got on the call, all the questions they were filling in, it was always the same. It was always when we were talking about goal setting, it was about I, I should try to and it was always these I must people that succeeded and became my client. It's crazy, but it's always the... This is the also the empowering message that you thing. and me yeah. work on. Like, I want to give you, you know, I call it F-terms. That's the one you will work on. Your focus, your time, your energy, your relationships, your money, and your skills. These yeah. are the things you can invest in. How much are you investing in these areas in terms of your focus? Are you just wasting time gaming, smoking weed? What in terms of your yeah. energy, your sleep, your motivation? 
what in terms of your time, how you're spending it, your relationships, are you surrounding yourself with people who give you some good input, your money, how are you investing it? We're going to talk a little bit about it. Also what you do with the staking masterclass. And then in Thanks, terms bro. of skills, how much competency are you building? That's why I believe there's no better time than now. There's better times five years ago, but I mean, it has to happen now. Yeah. Create your own company, become your own coach, become an entrepreneur, have more of your life in your hands, create that freedom for yourself. It's not going to become easier. They're mandating so many stuff at the jobs that you won't be able to make certain choices anymore. And oh. what is freedom? Freedom is basically being able to make up your own mind and your own choice. Yeah. And send out while doing that. That's really important in my opinion, because what you said, like the improvement, like mentally, physically, all these things, mm -hmm. that is the most important thing to me. Also, money doesn't buy respect, but the respect, if you have that, it's it's for free. If you have the right principles, if you have respect, but not respect in the way of like, hey, everyone can be my client, not that kind of respect, respect, but with limits, like telling people not what they should hear, but what they must hear. If you can be a coach like that, and just not a coach, but in, in main lines, if you if you can be a human being, being fair, having the right principles, having the right limits, then you are not only the, the, the person growing financially, but you are actually projecting who you are onto your loved ones. If I can be around my dad and my mom and all the other people I love while being a resourceful person, not in terms of what is in my pocket, but in terms of who I am, in terms of, uh, can I solve their problems? Can I get into their minds and think about how we should move forward? I think that is leadership. And I think a lot of people miss that. And we should build that up, get the spiritual power, which is coming hand in hand with the financial power, get the personal power, the mental power, and polarize yourself. Stop polarizing all these bullshit measurements they, they put on you. Just polarize your own vision and, and project it onto the world. You're 24. You're for a camera now. Maybe you can go old school <laughs> when you when in front of the camera on like YouTube. And let, let me imagine that I put some motivational music on what you're about to say, because I have a very special place for people who are in their 20s and, and becoming future leaders, taking responsibility. What is the message to people in their uh, puberty, adolescence, and in their 20s? If you could have the mic right now and just talk to them, because for me, I see little people of that generation standing up and I want more people like you to, to appear. All right. My message to, thank you for that, by the way, my message to people that are in their puberty or in their twenties or like young people in the main lines is that nothing in this world is certain. Maybe tomorrow you will not live. Nothing in this world has certainty, definitely in times of today. The only certainty we have is who we are when we wake up tomorrow. And I think we should embrace that certainty of being alive and the certainty of having your heartbeat and the certainty of being able to live, spending time with the people you love within your own view of the world. And I think it is very important as a way of advice and as a way of saving your precious time on making the faults I made is that you should be very aware of who you are and that you should be very aware of the luxury you have to wake up every single day. And that you should look into the mirror and ask yourself, am I really who I want to be? Am I really this, this person that is projecting what I want to project on the world? Or am I just another follower in the herd? Am I a leader? Am I a lion or a sheep? It's so important to, to think about that. So my message to everyone is like, fuck the comfort. Fuck the fact that you 
can be sick. Fuck the fact that you can die tomorrow. Nothing is certain, even not your life, even not the life of your loved ones. The only certainty you have is who you are today and who you are tomorrow. If you have the chance to wake up, embrace that chance and create it as well. That is what I would like to share to these people that are suffering in times like this. Just live your own life with your own vision of it. It's very yeah, important. And that vision also is important of thinking like, if I make the current choices that I'm doing today and I'm living the way how I'm living right now, where will I end up in the trajectory in life? And yeah. when you're in your adolescence and in your 20s, that's especially as men, also as women, but even more for men, that's their fertile years to actually put skills in the soil, you know, plan things for a beautiful vision. So where will you end up if you keep on having the behavior, the lifestyle and the choices, decisions that you're making yeah. today? Yeah. And know that if you if you make a decision, apparently the thought energy you have, the fact that you are thinking, oh, I'm not worth this, like I was talking about a few minutes ago, the fact that you are thinking, I am not worth this, I am not going to be able to succeed, this is not going to work. If you think like that, change your way of thinking, change that thought energy, that frequency, and change it to how can I succeed? Where do I want to be tomorrow? What makes it possible for me to wake up every single hour this day to live my life to my fullest potential? Why is that potential there? I think that when people question that, and when people are aware of making these small changes in their lifestyle, it's not about making yeah. the successful business at day one. It's not about becoming the rich guy, finding out that this thing might make you rich. It's not about that. It's about how can I change my life drastically? It's about drinking alcohol yesterday and drinking water tomorrow. It's about yeah. smoking weed yesterday and smoking nothing the day after. As soon as you make these changes in your life, the percentual, the... The, the compound the, effect. Um, yeah, the compound effect and the exponential growth in terms of your life, you're not going to believe it until you're there. And it's crazy. It's crazy. If we look at the richest people in the world, if we look at... There's a, a very known investor. I forgot his name. Warren Buffett. Um, Warren Buffett, exactly. If we look at Warren Buffett, his net worth... At a certain point, it increased very exponential. It's because he made the right decisions. It's because he was, was, was doing the right things. And I think in terms of not only money, but finance, everything, just say nature. If you stand up to what your heart and mind wants you to stand up, instead of like being the guy that is saying, oh, I do not stand, I, I might stand up to this, but I don't. And maybe what if I do, if you, if you change that attitude to fuck it, I'm going to stand up to this and fuck all the other bullshit that's being put in my throat by the media, by the, by the. Yeah. Shut off the news. I would say stop yeah. calling the mainstream yeah. media and news. And if your parents look at it, go yeah. to a different room. Groucho Marx says, says like, I find television very educational. Anytime it's on, I go read the book. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's true. Read books, like buy the books that 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 trigger your mind, like reality transfer thing. It's like the Bible of life. But this is the universe. thing, and they can also reach out to you, find like a book list. But this is also the two things that I would definitely advise them, even if they're locked up at home, to do. Find a skill, become obsessed with developing certain skills. You can do it online, become competent. And then the second thing, small habits, small lifetime yeah. changes. Be kind on yourself, be hard on your principles. Make it a small principle, go for every day is Groundhog Day. Every day yeah. I can succeed and be kind on yourself. Sometimes you slip back, but that doesn't have to be a relapse. We all know and how also, it is yeah. to quit weed or quit something, but then you are have more focused time and energy and you're more competent and you have more control of the choices you can make and the value that you bring to the world. 
Yeah. And always remember them as well, because the day that comes, the, the, first, first, it's all about uncertainty. Will I, will I make it? But the, the day that you make it, the next step is staying humble. I see a lot of people that are like, hey, bro, look at my Tesla. I made it. I did it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whoop, whoop. And it, it's cool to show your Tesla. It's definitely cool. But as soon as you're like putting your family behind and like ignoring all those people who pushed you up of that level, because I think it's really about getting the chances to succeed. It's not only about, hey, I made it. I did the right things. My ego is not allowing myself to say that I made it. People but made me make it. Here we go back to the beginning of the podcast to ask like, what are you actually doing it for? And probably it's health, relationships, and freedom. Yeah. Health, and wealth, love. So if you're going to sacrifice, I mean, sometimes you have to make sacrificing choices in the long term, but in the end, it's about your health, your relationships, your impact. Definitely. And if you sacrifice, you know, those things for your job, I mean, what in the end are you doing it for? And also the quality of your time, apparently, because if we, if we see like very stupid example, this Airbnb in which I am, you could, mm -hmm. you could rent it for like 650 euros. I'm paying like 2,009 euros for like three weeks. It's, it's absurd. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, what will I do? Will I spend three weeks of my life in an environment that is not supporting my dreams and my principles? Yeah, will yeah. I let that cost in my life? Or will I just sacrifice like 2K just to have like three weeks of quality time in which I can develop mm -hmm. myself, in which I can like plant the next seed of my of my success not only for myself but for the future generations to come if i can do that and if you can have that mindset you will succeed at any level well that's the thing in the beginning it's about fear of failure but oftentimes even more prevalent is a fear of success and once you become more yeah. successful you have to get used to like oh whoa fuck i'm actually here because sometimes yeah. you stay stuck for people who want to become more financially free or want to find their purpose explain a bit more about the master classes you're doing and the academy sure. that you're running All right. Thanks, man. So I'm basically shifting from mindset to finance because mindset used to be my first thing, but it's hard when we talk about mindset, it's really hard to show results. If I tell like, this is Philip and he's known 50% more confident than last month, people are not going to say wow about that. But mm -hmm. apparently I love what I do and that is my biggest passion and mindset is my thing. So I help people to find their purpose in life with my live with purpose coaching program which is going to change over the coming times, but it's something I really love. And then apparently, because I believe everything starts from ourselves. Like I said in the podcast, we need to polarize ourselves instead of polarizing the enemy. If we polarize ourselves, it's good. We start with ourselves and then we have to get the financial possibilities to making a passive income. And that's where actually you also decided to join the staking masterclass, which is amazing because I'm not only going to I just like you, to invest in people who stand up for humanity. And I would highly encourage people to pay attention, pay money, pay focus to the people who deserve it and actually want to serve humanity instead of yeah. becoming a slave. Yeah. 200%. It's so underrated. And I think that. The most important thing you're going to find out when we talk about the staking masterclass is that I'm not just going to tell you something. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to make you just realize the impact of money because I believe that in society, and that is why I started this staking masterclass. Again, like I said, Greece, Greece and Europe was doing the inflationary thing. Then same with COVID, the inflationary thing. I believe that we should be in charge of our own finances. We should see the beautiful things that are possible when, when investing in the right products, when investing in the right 
things. So it's basically a cryptocurrency solution where we show people the right projects. How do we do that? Do we just like do this? No, we do have like fundamental analysts within our team. We have blockchain architects. I'm about to call one this afternoon. It's amazing to see that you can be in charge of your future. You can make money while you sleep. You should not be the guy worrying. You should not be the guy saying to people like, hey, the only thing I do is I go to my job and I'm afraid of my principles. I'm afraid if I don't work here that I cannot defend my principle. This is giving you another source of certainty, which was allowing me as an entrepreneur to have less stress about this entire thing that, and definitely in a beginning phase, this is interesting. If you do not have to rely on sales, your business and the images it is projecting will change. Because as soon as I built a, a passive income with the things I teach in the staking monster clause, as soon as I did that, it gives some I was safety not net also, and it gives some safety yeah. net and it gives some security because sometimes you can have this financial roller coaster, and then yeah. it's just like taken care of. Also, being passive income doesn't mean like just be passive, you know, which is yeah. income growing passive. You still have to True. be like active and getting in front of people, <laughs> but when you have that taken care of and it builds up, it gives like a nice cushion to yeah. keep on growing, right? Yeah, and the, the the end goal is to is to have your focus in life. I see a lot of people that definitely in Belgium. The definition of hard work, in my terms, is that why do we work hard if we get it back into first principles? I work hard. Okay, why? Yeah, because I want to get the most out of life. I want to travel. I want to get results. Okay, so you want to get results. And then when I refer to the cryptocurrency space, which is another financial mm -hmm. spectrum in this world, when I refer to that world, and when we look at the numbers. It's the people that are the hard workers in this space that do nothing. Because if you look mm -hmm. at traders, it's a very great perspective to see that there's a lot of traders in this world taking a position, risking their money, doing stuff. And there's a lot of people that are doing it, but just a slight percentage that is profitable. You know, the most wealthy people within the crypto space, they lost their password or they died. So it's basically like if you can find a product market fit at a good price and it's something you can put your trust in being fundamentally analyzed by the right people that tell you to hey this is not financial advice but this might be the next thing for you you could eventually do this and this is our strategy that you could use to make a passive income if people can do that they're going to discover that it's not about hard work they're going to discover that it's about life the quality of life it's amazing if you can view life like that i don't care about money anymore i just get money I pay money, I experience the vibes, the frequencies around me, and I'm like blessed for the fact that I can still do it. Where can people find out more about you, YouTube channel, the masterclasses, the academy? It's well, I would I would actually like to send all the people to my Instagram. It's Arno VNM because that is my platform where I actually put a lot of English stories. It's all it's it's very approachable by people who are like, hey, maybe I do not speak the language. They can just DM me over there. It's Arno VNM. They can also watch my YouTube channel, but if they're not Dutch, it's it's not gonna add any meaning. So I would say just look me up on Instagram. It's probably going to be in the bio of this uh, mm -hmm. entire episode, I think. Just just click that link or look me up and then uh, send me a message or just look at my content and just think for yourself when you see it. And last question, what are you most excited about in 2022? What I am most excited about in 2022 is the fact that I will experience exponential growth within my business and that I will get a bigger impact on people and that I actually obtained a bigger amount of consciousness about what is happening in this world so I can help people to 
orientate themselves in the right direction to avoid having trouble, to make sure they can be people that can also be a change maker or a thought leader. It's like building up your own army across the world. Actually, it's just Ben and Lux right now, but I, I want to do it across yeah. the world at a certain point. Just have like a little army of people who are just like you in their own way who stand up and who stand out. Well, thanks for being someone in my network, a fellow rebel in a cause, a game changer and giving people the freedom to make their own choices and make up their own minds. It's been a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Arna. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me, bro. If you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and support our mission of freedom of speech. With increasing restrictions on fundamental freedoms, we believe that now, more than ever, is the time for you to be an online coach or consultant and become independent from the system. That's why we created the Client Closer Academy. Learn how to consistently enroll clients and join a community of fellow free thinkers who value personal responsibility, speaking their truth, and making an impact. Find out more at clientcloser.com slash academy. Rant over.